All right, welcome back to the Teeny Podcast, where we talk about topics like youth, uh, youth work, and young people. And my special guest for today is Benjamin Saw. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Excellent. So Ben is one of our senior students here at Tabor, studying the Bachelor of Applied Social Science and Youth Work. Uh, some of his hobbies include history, pop culture, and gardening, which includes doing some gardening here at Tabor, if I remember correctly. Is yeah, that right? That was with the Michelle for the restoration project. I think that was for this, oh, the spirituality subject that we did. Nice. So we had yeah faith and spirituality. Ah, great. So you had to restore something, so I assume you restored the garden bed. Yep. And that was with uh, Mick, the uh, groundskeeper on site here. Very cool. Okay. Um, and I assume you've got some things growing in your garden at home at the moment? Oh, lots of things. <laughs> nice. What sort of thing is, is growing? Vegetables, flowers? What are we talking about? Fruit trees, regular oh. flowers, uh, a whole bunch of random plants I actually don't know the name of, but they look pretty, so it's okay. Nice. Okay. So the looks more than the botanical names is what's important to you. That's cool. All right, so uh, the reason you're actually here today is not to talk about gardening, uh, but mm -hmm. rather to tell us a little bit about an interesting resource that you created uh, as a result of an assessment that you did late last year. Um, so uh, you've made this publicly available as well, and we'll get to, to the link to the web address towards the end and we'll put it in the show notes and that sort of stuff. Uh, but it is in the form of a choose-your-own-adventure book. So my, my childhood memories of Choose Your Own Adventure books is with, I don't know if you, you read these, but Rupert, the little white bear, he had like a mm -hmm. yellow scarf and a, and a red coat. And as you went through the book, uh, you'd solve puzzles and take you to the right page. But that's a lot more kind of uh, family friendly than what your book was about. Is that yes. fair to say? <laughs> I guess so. The subject matter was, is, could be a bit more mature than, say, Goosebumps or... Nice. Great. Good old goosebumps as well. All right. So without spoiling the story, uh, what can you tell us about the topic of your book? Well, the topic of the book is an in-depth exploration of violence in our, every way, in our everyday lives and how we can view that not only from a personal perspective, but also from our professional context and how that all comes back into, say, a societal notion as well. Uh, a lot of the subjects included, say, covered from the uh, subject that Ben yourself led with Thank us you. last year as well for exploring violence in society. Nice little plug there. Excellent. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, hey, we had a, had a whole other podcast about that, which we wouldn't go listen to as well while we're yep. plugging things. So no, that's great. We Thank could you. do that. Uh, yeah. So the certain topics is that you'll go through three. So you'll follow the adventures of three characters called Riley, Jones and Haley. And I won't give too much detail, but they, and the general topics that they cover is sort of youth violence as well as um, in environmental justice and climate justice, uh, domestic violence, sorry, uh, violence in the domestic violence workforce, as well as humans, animals, and violence as well. Wow. Okay. So just like a couple of things. <laughs> a couple of things. And just like really light topics as well. So would you, yeah. would you say this is a bedtime read or when would be a good time to, to read your book? Uh, pretty much whenever, really, if you feel like it. It's a small little fun thing to engage on. Ideally, it'd be within the actual subject of the course that you're doing. Uh, I feel as if it could be used as a really good conversation during or like a, to spur lectures on and discussion and actually really go deep down and analyse what exactly are the implicit meanings that are in here. And I put implicit meanings in behind it. A lot of the stuff I've uh, explained to others who were questioning it beforehand was that everything in the book is intentional. 
So if you have a question that raises an eyebrow and you're not too sure if things are coming together, chances are they're all coming together. Nice. Okay. That's cool. All right. That's good to know mm -hmm. that you've done a lot of the intentional sort of thought-provoking and uh, really just provocative ideas that are in there are there to, to make us think. So that's cool. Okay. I want to come back to that in a minute as well, and it's particularly because you're studying youth work, so I kind yep. of want to ask that question about, well, what could a youth worker do with this? Uh, but before we get to that, where did the idea come from? Well, this is going to be a long story, so and it's pretty interesting. So I have to go back more or less to describe a little bit about myself to explain that in my thought process. So the final assessment I remember was we couldn't we could not write a long essay. It was Ben did not want a three thousand word essay where you just wrote everything. You had to be creative. You had to create. Oh, how did you describe? How was it described? I think it was something just like a creative resource, right? Create, for, yeah, for creative. Peers. I was just very sick at the time of reading essays, so yeah. we thought we'd do something different. <laughs> so you could do anything. It could be, say, like a magazine, a brochure, website, interpretive dance, something that you could do with the equivalent of 3,000 words, an equivalent being the work put into doing that. Yes. So, you, you know, you couldn't necessarily just take a picture and go, oh, this represents that. You had to... You could, but you'd have to spend a lot of time and meaning. Uh, a few people did art murals as well. I don't think we had anyone do interpretive dance, which is a shame. I would have liked to say that. That would have been interesting, though, I think, if someone could have done that. But the idea was is that through this creative piece, this resource, we would be able to highlight some of the critical learning that we had achieved and insights that we had gained. And just to, in order and think of abstract, interesting ways to explore what we had learned, so violence in society, not only ours, but also outside of our society in Australia as well, and to think of how can we all condense that down and actually bring about critical thinking and thought-provoking responses, mm -hmm. instead of just being a general stereotypical conforming page of text. Mm, so originally, when I was going to do this, now I generally struggle with creative pieces and writing. I prefer, I honestly do prefer the, um, the long essays. I don't enjoy them, but I prefer them because that's generally, you know, I'd much rather prefer a very hard piece, but I can get the quality into something that mm. I might not necessarily be able to, you know, it might be a little bit more enjoyment. I'll get a little bit more enjoyment from it, but if the quality isn't going to be there, then I don't necessarily feel the need for it. Nice. So originally I thought of uh, at the time, because I was looking at other sort of similar uh, YouTube avenues, uh, whether it's the video, choose your own adventure game, where they could, uh, I think, some of you who might be listening is a prominent YouTuber called Markiplier, okay. where he did a video series called Dinner with Markiplier in that, um, in that format where you could basically, you'd watch the video, a five second clip, and then at the end of it, you could either choose whether or not the option would happen. Unfortunately, with latest updates in YouTube, how it removed the annotation systems and only had a sort of tab, it kind of ruined that sort of aspect oh, on the video. That's a shame. But yeah. I was still hung up on the idea of a choose your own adventure game. I'd committed, that's what I had it in my mind. I had all these ideas and plans and, you know, in my contemplation of just sitting on buses or just watching birds, I just think, no, I've done too much thinking on this to throw it all away. Correct. And eventually it was sort of to refine that number. It was how far did I want to go? And there were a lot of edits. It, as much as as uh, expansive as the, um, the book is, and well, 5,000 words, it would have been a lot longer, but I found that as I went into it further and further, it was just getting all convoluted and all over the place. It's starting to become spaghetti, so I had to cut that down to three roots. 
And of those routes, the enjoyment was figuring out, and this is also the intentional aspect for it as well, there's a few plot twists in there. Nice. Which could highlight a little bit of a hint. Uh, choice, the illusion of choice, and then having no choice as well. Mm. Which can sort of be if... Um, you look into certain subjects, you can draw a parallel between the structure of how I've actually created the work, uh, the, um, the book, and how that fits into within the, the plot and story of That's each of the right. characters. I wonder if you could tell us just a little bit more about, and again, not so much the narrative that you've created so that people, when they read that, it's still original, but um, tell us, take us just a little bit deeper into this idea of choice and how it relates to uh, the way we, we were thinking about violence in society in the subject mm. oh, I'll use one slight example where you don't necessarily have any choice now that is to sort of highlight sort of the paradigm of power between two parties that we as people may hold over others uh, a particular example so in youth work in that setting for an example that could be the choice could be determined between well, as a youth worker as an adult mm. we generally have much more freedoms and, op and, and options and actions to do than say our clientele. Mm. And even then, if not necessarily our clientele, but youth and children in general, mm. you know, you have to, well, here's the law, you will go to school, you will follow these rules. And it's only until you reach this mythical age that we've branded that finally can you earn that freedom. Mm. But even correct. still that's a rigidity. And we talk about obvious examples of violence, like the explicit, but what about the implicit forms of violence as well? Great. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks, man. So some of those um, power structures that are in our society that are unconscious, we, we were challenged to think about how some of them might be violating uh, so a different form of, of violence than physical violence, which, we, which mm. you usually think about. So we're connecting it to, uh, to the, the sociological imagination, this idea of there being uh, about individual responses and collective responses, structures and agency. And so you, you, the role of choice in your individual choice, individual agency versus the social structures like youth, mm -hmm. like, uh, like young people um, that uh, restrict our choice, that uh, give people a certain way of being in the world. So that's, that's what I hear and what I took out of some of what you mm. described in your story. So that, that was amazing that you kind of weaved that in into the story. Awesome. Okay, so... Uh, is there anything more you wanted to say about the story itself or can you tell us, uh, my next question is for you about you know, who's your target audience and coming back to some of those other ones about youth workers and how to use them. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to tell us about the story? Anything else? Uh, <laughs> I'm not actually too sure. That's I mean, okay. a lot of it is because, again, I've been trying to think of ways about... Uh, I've been stuttering, as you can probably listening, I've been thinking about it. I don't want to give away too much. Yes, that's the trick, yeah. Because a lot of it is the intentionality behind it. You know, you've got... I'll give you the, the little hints of the names. You know, you've got Haley Jones and Riley. But to go even further, I feel as this would ruin no the worries. idea. That's but it's great. to establish the general purpose of it, I believed, that they wrote, that you can read on the website as well. Uh, the actual book itself... Uh, oh, actually, well, we can talk about the, the website going further after this a little tidbit. Yeah, do it. Uh, but the idea behind it was that, as we defined in Exploring Violence in Society, was trying to establish personal troubles and societal issues. Nice. And that's actually a, a framework, two terms that I've actually adopted myself, and it's made it pretty, pretty easy to actually describe where I'm coming from and clarifying certain points. And the idea was that it, the general topic does highlight a lot of societal issues as the broader framework, but 
the idea is is that putting yourself into those um, into those scenarios and that you actually have an active choice in that matter mm-hmm. turns it into a personal trouble. Mm. And the idea is that maybe you are maybe you may not have personally experienced that, but sort of walk a mile in my own shoes. You might know someone who does or who has, or again, you know, or the concept of empathy. Mm-hmm you can sort of put your mind into that situation and think about it. Mm. Yeah, that's great, man. So that, that you're really giving people a chance to experience that dynamic between personal troubles and public issues and mm-hmm. they get to go into that with your own empathy for the, the characters in the story. Uh, and again, I, I'm not trying to give too much away about the story here, but one of the recent critiques I've, I've had heard uh, about this style of story, this choose-your-own-adventure story, uh, is that it appears to give you choice, right? Mm. And it says here you can choose between these two things. Um, but in reality, you're given a choice between a couple of things. So your choices are limited, right? So you actually don't have complete free will in, in the book, in any choose-your-own-adventure books, because uh, there are always a limited number of choices, which kind of, again, so speaks to me a little bit about that idea of structure and agency or, or perception of choice. Mm, okay, mm. very cool. Uh, so tell us a little bit more. What, what's the target audience for the book? Uh, target audience would be anyone in social sciences or humanitarian services, so youth workers, much like myself and Ben, uh, other social workers in that whole idea, in that general sense, counsellors. If you're generally interested in uh, working or you find yourself in a situation where you generally communicate a lot about violence. The idea there is towards that to give you know, the alternate perspectives. Because uh, one of the ideas I found as well when in working with um, violence in society was a lot of it was theoretical. We necessarily hadn't experienced violence ourselves, and that's a good thing. But I thought of what is a safe, comfortable way that we can broaden a perspective and actually get down to it and see, well, what is violence in action? but without necessarily experiencing or enacting it ourselves. Wow, so the book is supposed to give people a chance to feel or experience what that might be like, what violence might be like. And so, uh, yeah, wow. Mm. So you're giving practitioners potentially or, or yeah, uh, them, them a chance to really um, get inside those shoes. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Mm. So, so is that how you see it being used? You, you'd see people using it as a way of experiencing something uh, about violence or is there other ways that people might use the story? Uh, not necessarily sure. Uh, the idea is that I think it is academic. A lot of the, it's not something that I just you know, pulled out of random. There was actually a fair bit of research behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main themes of one of the characters is uh, white knuckle care. Mm-hmm. Now, white knuckle care is sort of a, uh, a casual, informal definition for um, social work or forms of social work where quite literally it's so intense and destructive that the workers are quite literally clutching their fists so hard mm. due to the well, the stakes and pressure of uh, and the stress of the actual of their work that they're doing that their knuckles are actually white for it. Mm. And uh, a lot of the ideas behind that as well is uh, there's theoretical undertones for it that I found in my research and the, the idea was and much like how I explained before with the academics, it was about trying to bring that into a more of a personal. Great. It's, under, it's all well and good to actually read about violence in an academic journal, but a lot of that is more is set in academia. It's measured. Mm-hmm. It's got its own quality of standard, its own quality of writing. You have to reference. You have to you know, perform proper punctuation and grammar. 
And although you get the idea, a lot of academia isn't actually indicative of what it actually is like on the ground. And part of that was also a uh, was actually a learning experience for me as well, to separate from the reality, the physical reality, to the intellectual academic reality. Mm, great. So you're doing translational work there. You're you're translating, I suppose, at a simple level, uh, a genre right of writing, but you're trying to take it from an intellectual sphere into a, something else where people might experience it. Wow. Mm. Um, do you, uh, that white knuckle care work uh, article that you're referencing in our conversation. Uh, was something you read in, in the subject. Um, I'm assuming that alongside the opportunity to read your story, there's also some maybe a, like a, a description or some theory to, to, that people can engage with as well if they want to unpack some of these or, or grab that reference or that, that article that you mentioned. Uh, yes. So that led on to a few, a few minutes ago, if you're switched on a listening audience, I mentioned before about the website. So initially, this goes back to where the idea, so it was gonna be a video, I turned it into an assessment and about, uh, admittedly about a year or so ago, Ben asked me that, you know, this was, he thought, thought this was a very good resource and he would have liked it to be shared, not just, you know, in an online server room somewhere just collecting dust, yep. but actually out in the open that people could engage with. And part of the work, and this was pretty difficult as well, was transferring all this writing that I had done in a PDF format. Mm. So in an idea that you'd print it out and read it as a book, I had to translate that into the website. Of course, naturally, that's a lot, a little bit more difficult than simply writing out on, page, on paper, because in paper, if I write my reference list at the back, all you just have to do is turn to page 52 and there it is. Yep. But in general, the structure is I made, with the website, I made it a very, rather user-friendly. It's still somewhat clunky as web design isn't quite my expertise. Also, I didn't particularly feel like forking out $30 a, a month for no. WordPress premium subscription, but I feel with my skill work, I wouldn't, with my, uh, my skill set, I wouldn't be able to utilize the tools that they offer. But even still, WordPress, great website. Totally not sponsored. Free, free plug, very nice. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we better get the actual web address and I'll put it in yes. the show notes as well, but where can people find this story to ever read? Uh, wherever, I guess, Ben, you feel like posting it. Uh, right. I don't know. I'm not too big on sort of promotion on social media. No worries. We'll, we'll definitely share it. We'll share yeah. it alongside the podcast. Um, but so you have the, the actual web address for it uh, in yes. front of you? So, so you might as well just read it out to us now. So all in lowercase letters, uh, you've got evsadventuregame.wordpress.com. And that should take you straight to the home page. I've got a tabs on top of the menu, which can lead you to it. So you've got your the home page. You can choose from the scenarios. There's also a little bit of a, a you know a user guidelines if you're unsure about how adventure games work or, or written page turning type things. If you've read Goosebumps and the one that you mentioned, Ben, and such like that, as well as other bits and pieces of media. But for those who haven't, the option there to actually how to read that, as well as a few other insights, as well as a small little history, I guess a little bit more condensed history as well as in the about page and what I guess details further on the subject perfect that's awesome thank you so much for coming on and telling us about it it's been really great to have this conversation and yeah it's excellent to share this resource with a broader audience so thanks no worries. excellent thank you